0: plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns don't miss our special mother's day deals save big on the season's most beautiful trends for a limited time get up to 50 percent off by going to blue that's blue nile.com at the end of the day man you got to be happy you got to do what you feel is best for you yes, i, I feel it. like I'm, i haven't been happy in a really long time i get little glimpses of joy when we like plan dates and we do stuff but every day the day-to-day stuff just living in an apartment together nothing i just i don't. think it's i don't so i'm not shaking for everybody but like i think some people view this as a, a real marriage yeah. and some don't Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Married at First Sight, Houston edition. I was really hype about this episode, not because anybody behaved well, as we all know by now, but the experts were there and I appreciated that. (laughs) I feel like a lot of people over the past couple of years have had like an increasing ambivalence slash dislike of Dr. Pepper. And I think... Maybe it's just because she's kind of like an absent father. It sort of feels like I never see you and then when you come around you have a lot of things to say and maybe I just feel a little some type of way about that. But this episode I personally am like pretty ambivalent about Dr. Pepper. But this person for me personally, this episode, she showed the fuck out and I appreciated that. Pastor Cal, we still got some work to do but, you know, progress not perfection. So They came to speak to the individuals. I was really glad that... Because I think that they did this last season. I might be wrong. But if I'm not wrong, last season when they did the individuals speaking to the experts one-on-one, they divided them by the sexes. So I was appreciating that this time, not all the guys went to Pastor Cal and not all the women went to Dr. Pepper. Because I think... For the most part, the individuals went to the right expert. So our episode starts with Ronnie and jo- Ronnie? Ryan and Johnny. They should be called Ronnie because clearly they're more of a couple together than they are uh, with their wives. But they're playing pool at the apartment. And Ryan mentioned something about Johnny getting what he asked for. So we find out that Bao has once again been the only person to try to save this marriage by catering to johnny's very fragile needs and we see footage of them going bowling the night before and um you know i'm sure johnny got whatever he needed which is like building up tension and giving high fives or whatever johnny says that the night really felt natural and not forced and ryan says yeah he can't relate to that because He's been feeling like he's trying to been he's been trying to force being happy with Brett for weeks now, but he can't continue to do it because it isn't real. So he then does say that like Brett's done nothing wrong. And in turn, it makes him feel badly about himself or like he's the bad guy even though he doesn't think he's done anything wrong either. And Johnny's like, totally, bro. I feel you. I feel the exact same way because up until this past week, I have kind of felt like Bao has not done any of the things that I've asked for. And now it's almost like she's trying too hard. So if it wasn't confirmed before, we now know that Bao can officially not do right by Johnny. Now, a couple of you guys reached out to me and said that on Unfiltered... That a couple of the cast members, Michaela and Johnny, kind of hinted that there are two different bows. And there's an on-camera bow and an off-camera bow. But I feel like, personally, if bow was as bad off-camera as these people are claiming, then Johnny would have taken anything We've seen it. We've seen him take the littlest thing with her and run with it. And I just felt like if there was something real there, then we would have seen some evidence of that. I don't know. Like, are we really inclined to believe Michaela or Johnny (laughs) when they say something? Uh, Maybe more Michaela than Johnny. I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. So that's my answer on that. (laughs) So um, anyway, Johnny asked Ryan if it's possible that, you know, maybe you want to try looking past the things that you don't like about Brett and maybe focus on the positive. And Ryan very flatly is like, no, can't do that. That's impossible. Like, how am I supposed to not see through the neg- Look, How am I supposed to look past all the negative and see the positive? I can't do that. That's not anything anybody does. That's weird. That's not normal. Can't do it. Never going to happen. <laughs> so... Then Johnny says something quite shocking in a confessional, which is that he and Ryan hang out a lot and he likes Ryan because he feels like they understand where each other comes from. But sometimes he feels like Ryan might be too negative about the whole thing and that it's not going to help anybody. Johnny said that. Johnny. And then we get to our first just hellish segment with johnny and bow so when johnny gets home from pool it's time for bed at that point bow's getting ready in the bathroom and she asks how things were johnny's joking like well I just got back from hanging out with ryan and i actually think he was probably the last person i should have hung out with which um honestly was like the first thing that i was thinking like these two have no business <laughs> being in the same room unmonitored gill can we get Gil? I need an adult in the room with Zach, Ryan, and Jose, and everybody but Gil, really. I, I, I need him to be there and I need everybody to be, like, calling each other on the carpet. Like, y'all four of you don't have any business building relationships with the other ones because it's only going to be hellish. So Johnny goes on to say that the reason why it was probably a bad idea to hang out with Ryan is that when initially like before he got there he was feeling pretty good about where they were but now he feels bad again <laughs> see and he feels like now they're lacking in trust and communication that the most of their fights wouldn't happen if they had those things then johnny has the audacity to ask bow if she agrees knowing damn well she doesn't and then she says as much thank god she says that trying to start out a romantic relationship with friendship can often be counterintuitive because it leaves out the emotional intimacy aspect. Now, I think on its face, you could probably disagree with her, but what we're finding out, they didn't explicit. Well, they did in so many words there was no one explicitly saying this, that Johnny took at some point off camera intimacy with them off the table. So she's frustrated. She doesn't understand it feels to her, I imagine, like going backwards. And like, how are we going to do that? Like, we've already, you've already been rolling in the deep, my guy. You can't come back from that. Then Bao reminds Johnny that when Dr. Viviana came for a visit, they had talked about improving their emotional and physical intimacy. But now that all that stuff is off the table and she wants to know why. So Johnny says... Straight up, it's because he doesn't get anything out of that, no feeling from those moments. When he is doing it, he just feels like he's going through the, emo- the emotions. Okay. <laughs> okay, then I guess, yeah, if when you touch somebody or when you're physically intimate with somebody and you feel nothing or bad, I guess you definitely should stay- take that off the table, but my God. Can you find just any other nicer way to say that to your wife? In a confessional, Bao's like, don't give me that bullshit. I'm like really frustrated because I know there was a time when we did have that physical spark. So then we get a flashback of all the moments where Johnny seemed pretty into Bao physically, looking at her ass, rubbing all over, putting his tongue all up in her belly button, having a good old wang dang doodle all over her body. Okay, John Mayer. For the bubblegum toes like her body was a wonderland and all of a sudden it's like neverland i i no no that was a bad <laughs> nope take that back yep nope. it, it's just bad just a bad time okay action park bad things happen there bad never mind so they johnny then says like the reason, again, why he took intimacy off the table is because he's not really feeling it. Because to him, the intimacy should be a byproduct of the emotional attachment. So Bao says, okay, so what you're saying is that this works for you, that this is what works for you, but this marriage consists of both of us. So I'm feeling like forced to just go along with every and any and everything that just works for you. So, of course, at this point, you know, just the slightest critique out of Bow's mouth. Johnny's rolling it like something gives out in his neck because his head is just rolling back. His eyes are like just akimbo everywhere. And he's just like, oh, God, here we go. Sighing all deep. And he's like, well, I don't really know what to tell you. And then he's like, we don't we don't have to do this. We really don't. He gets all frustrated. He gets up out of bed and he's like, I just need a moment. Cause like, this is insane. <laughs> Johnny is acting like there's a lot of things that we're not seeing, but I don't think it is. I don't think that's the case. I don't know y'all. So then bows like just in the bed, you know, just like, I'm going to call after you, Johnny, can you come back? But like, you could tell She's checked out. She's checked out. She's asking what's going on. Like, we're just having a conversation. It didn't have to get to that level where you're, like, huffing and puffing and your veins popping out of your neck again because I said something. Can we be adults, maybe? But, you know, in a confessional, she says that she just feels like Johnny's not happy because he doesn't want to be. And that Johnny doesn't want to put in the work to make the marriage work. And she feels like if Johnny doesn't figure that shit out for himself, he's not going to be happy in any relationship. So Johnny's in the bathroom at this point, huffing and puffing. And he comes back and is like, you know, there's just like a lot that I could say right now. Okay. Okay. But then, you know, I I just feel like certain things were lacking in our foundation. And this week really started off great. And I'm just trying to get to know you better. But all of that was lost with this conversation. So let's just like backtrack a little bit and talk about how this conversation went. When you walked into the house and told her that Ryan was probably the last person you should have been hanging out with because you left the house feeling pretty good about the state of your relationship, and now you feel like it's shit. So, yeah, I would say that was a pretty shitty conversation, but I don't think that um, she's the one that lost the magic that you have been saying that you found. I cannot stand this man. (laughs) He is deeply unwell, and I do not like him. Then Johnny says some bullshit about how friendship is the soil for which a beautiful relationship can blossom. And, like, <laughs> at this point, yeah. The only thing blossoming from that relationship is, you know those, those, like, big-ass flowers that people go to see in, like, South America or whatever, and they only bloom at night, and it's, like, one time every year or, like, two years or so, and they stink, This is what this bloom is going to get from your relationship. That stinky flower that has really no purpose. It's extremely short-lived. It wasn't worth going to see it. And that's what we got. So, I'm just disgusted. Bao says that she wants to make things work, but there are just some things that she's not sure that they can get past. So then Johnny meets up with Dr. Pepper and he said something weird. And I wish I had taken note of it in his diary cam, something about how he was not prepared to talk to Pet to pastor Cal the week uh the day spoke to him but like now he's prepared and it, i don't know something about that was giving like very manipulative like now i'm coming with my canned responses and i've coached myself through this so i can charm my way out of my responsibilities i don't know maybe i'm reading into it because i can't stand his ass but that's just what i was getting from it so anyway he meets up with dr pepper And as soon as they sit down, she's like, I gather things have been a little bit rough for you. (laughs) And Johnny, right out of the gate, was like, yeah, you know, like, I feel like, you know, when I'm with Bow, I'm just with somebody I don't want to be with. And then he goes on to say that their arguments are not constructive because they don't argue well. And Dr. Pepper says, well, don't you think that there's something you need to learn here? (laughs) So... Johnny has this physical reaction. Like he's about to crawl out of his skin. And to me, this is a moment where Johnny realizes that she's not going to be on his side and he's about to be held accountable for some of the shit that he's done and doesn't want to be held accountable for. So Dr. Pepper says, I don't want you to feel like your best felt self didn't triumph over the things that you will regret in this. And You said things about that you need to apologize for, and you also need to learn a new way of dealing with your anger or your disappointment in a way that you can be proud of. So, you can say you're angry. You can say to somebody, the way you act makes me feel this type of way. But basically, what you're doing with Bao is criticizing her for things that she can't change. So, he can't even look at her in the eye. He's looking down at the floor and whispers, yeah, I agree with that. (laughs) So Dr. Pepper encourages Johnny again to have those talks and disagreements, but communicate in ways that don't lead to dead ends and situations that they both can come out not proud of themselves in. And she suggests that Johnny tell Bao that he's discovered some new ways to communicate with her and to ask her if she wants to work on those together now. I'm not knocking therapy whatsoever. What I am knocking is the fact that Johnny is a grown ass man and he shouldn't have to have like a step-by-step manual. Like he's a child on how to communicate without being a dick. Like if somebody was telling me that I'd be like, damn, am I really that emotionally stunted or, uh, immature? This is really embarrassing that she had to break this down for me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so anyway, um Johnny tries to say that, like, if he doesn't try to fix the problems, or the source of the problems, in his mind, excuse me, he says he doesn't try to fix the problems, he tries to fix the source of that. So to him, it's like, they're fighting about things, but there's a root cause to that, that He's trying to dig deep on, not all the other stuff. Really rising above Johnny. Thank you so much. And he says that in his mind, they have issues with communication and trust and no foundation of friendship, probably because you keep calling her an ugly bitch that you don't want to be around in so many words all the time. No, you don't have friendship. Um, so he feels like they're constantly arguing about the truth. And to him, it's because perception is reality. So then he says that I feel like we're living the same life, but we have completely different views on what's happening. Check. Yes, you're halfway there. (laughs) So Dr. Pepper says that there's no truth about perspective and that everybody just is doing the best they can with the information that they have available. So... She goes on to say that they still have good stuff between them (laughs) and that they need to work on not keeping score. And she feels like there's still room, you know, for them to communicate, but that they need structure and they also need to communicate without being mean. Before I even watch this episode, y'all know that I've been saying for weeks that like they need to, these husbands need to find a way Ryan, and Johnny need to find a way to communicate with their wives and tell them the truth without being dicks. And I thought of a great quote from a long-begotten Bravo show, Ladies of London. One of the ladies saying, say what you mean, but don't say it mean. And I think that's very prophetic and profound. Thank you. Um, So, um, Johnny claims that he just has a lot of ideas that he wants to implement and that he hopes that Bao's willing to do it. So, even though I just gave... Dr. Pepper, a lot of kadoos. I will say that I felt like in the back, the last half of the conversation that she was really using uh, a plurality that I don't think was necessary. Like I think I'm hoping, well, should I say that I'm hoping she was feeding his ego? No, I'm hoping that she was using tactics Sometimes you have to, like, feed people's egos, you know? Sometimes you got to do it a little bit. Like, like, I'm keeping up with the Gabby Petito story, and one of the theories is that uh, the fiancé who's missing slash killed her, uh, you know, his parents said that he was out at some park and that he, uh, you know, just left, right? So the FBI the other day had the, hus- or the husband, the father... Go out to the park and, like, point out to them areas that this guy liked to hike at, right? So the theory was that maybe the FBI was doing some sort of, like, Jedi mind trick situation and coddling this man, the father of the murderer, in the hopes of maybe he'll give something up. Maybe he'll feel a kinship with the authorities and he'll crack Right? So this is what I'm kind of hoping that Dr. Pepper's method was. Like, this man is clearly has the ego of a Fabergé egg on, like, one leg. Just ready. Just, like, one little sneeze and it's going right over the coffee table. Right? So I think what she was doing, my hope, is that she was, like, saying, oh, you guys need to work on that. You all our problems, both of you, in the hopes that he will just do them and that everything will be better, right? So, Because it'll sound better if he hears that they both have issues than just him, because he can't handle it. My concern is that is that Johnny is going to take that and run and really think in his mind that they both have issues when it's very clearly just him. Anyway, um, so before Bao meets up with Pastor Cal, she records herself on her diary cam. And she says, exact like, that girl wears her heart on her sleeve. Her face tells it all. She says she's feeling checked out from her marriage. From her perspective, she feels like she married a man who's not ready for marriage and that he takes every opportunity to cut her down She, that Johnny doesn't appreciate her and that she's just done feeling unappreciated. So when she sits down with pastor Cal and she says, you know, I could feel better when he asks her how she's doing. She goes on to say that she feels like there's some truth to Johnny saying that they need to work on their foundation, but she also feels like Johnny's already like 80% checked out. And that basically he's just saying things to, sound and look good and it's basically just lip service more than things that he actually is trying to work on so in a confessional bow says that she feels like she's been cheated out of a perfectly good marriage and that she really only has a husband on paper so pastor Cal tells bow that johnny has said some really ugly things to her and bows like, yeah, I just don't understand why he feels like he has to cut me down. And I don't understand why you would be why he feels the need to be so malicious to his wife. And then she says that she keeps trying and she keeps getting cut down over and over by Johnny and she starts to get emotional. And then she says that she feels like she went into this for the right reasons. But Johnny doesn't have the emotional cap- capacity to be a good husband or a father for that you know, so pastor Cal says that they have a lot to work through and resolve before decision day, which is like the understatement of the century, but okay. <laughs> um, it's like, I think we got 12 days before decision day. Like we're down to the wire here. And that the wire between Johnny and, and bow is like a, like a wet, a wet string, you know, it's not looking good. Um, So Cal suggests to Bao that when they sit down and have their conversation, that she asked him if he thinks that he was ready to be married. And then Pastor Cal asks Bao if they ever are able to communicate without lashing out. And she says, yeah, I mean, if we keep things very, like, surface, then we're okay. So Pastor Cal suggests that just keep going with that try to keep things to a level one, just play nice kind of marriage, and see if maybe Johnny will surprise her by going deep on his own. And a confessional bow says that she's really not, that's really not her vibe. She's not one to like chit chat and keep things very service. She likes to go deep, but she also knows that like, <laughs> when she goes deep with Johnny, she basically just gets cut. So, you know, <laughs> I guess I'll try. So Pastor Cal encourages bow to by the saying like, Hey, if this works, you're going to look back at it and think you're going to be really grateful for this, these opportunities. And, and, you know, I've been counseling couples who have been in way worse places than you guys, Paige and Chris. And, you know, they came out through that and they had beautiful relationships and you could just tell by her face that she was just done that, Part of her didn't really believe him. And the other part just didn't really care to even try and figure it out. You know, (laughs) she's done. And I don't blame her. Afterwards, they meet up at a coffee shop and Bao's like, well, honestly, I don't really feel any different than I did before our individual meetings. And Johnny does say, Hey, there have been some things that you, that I've said to you that I really regret. And I'm sorry for saying them. He, I made sure to note that he did say, sorry. Um, in a confessional bow says that she just wants to be able to accept Johnny's apology and forgive him. But she also doesn't really believe that it's sincere. And then Johnny says that one of the things that he wanted to fix was communication. And he asked Bao how she feels about that. And she says, I would like to be able to talk to you about any and everything without worrying about you judging me. Even if you disagree. Then she says I just like don't understand why these disagreements even escalate because from my perspective um, when I think back at the root of our arguments I just don't really think that they're that big. And it would help and be constructive to focus on trying to see the other person's perspective on things. So Johnny's not really saying anything at this point but you can tell that he's about to pop off (laughs) Because again, Bao has done something that even slightly resembles a critique of him or changing his behavior or doing anything that might involve making her feel comfortable and not like a piece of shit all the time, you know, and now he's feeling weird, right? So <laughs> then Bao says and she has some questions and that the first one is whether or not Johnny is going to be able to fully show up for their marriage. Johnny's response is that he hasn't really left yet. (laughs) And then he takes breaks with her and he like cools down because he has a temper. He doesn't want to explode on her and he just needs the time to chill out. And Val's like, that's fine, but I just don't want you to think that you can have a pattern of leaving. Like, if you need time, that's one thing. But you flipping back and going back to your house and doing these diary cams, like you're some sort of hidden prisoner in a, I I don't know what, like, you're just (laughs) like, like a child trying to get more screen time before your mom walks in. That's another thing. And I'm not going to do it. And I get it. And y'all, yes next season i hope whoever signs up for married at first sight has got to know that you guys aren't just going to be able to flip and flop throughout the house at any slightest indiscretion I-, I hope that the producers are going to be shutting that shit down because this whole like married at first sight unless you feel like going home season is not working for me like i need to see these fights Michaela and zach so then Johnny says that his last question for Bao is, what can she do to be more present in their marriage? <laughs> uh, <laughs> literally nothing. Um, Bao says, I feel like I've been a lot more present in the marriage since you asked me to, but now I kind of feel like I'm turning a corner here, and I just don't want to be talked to the way I've been talked to before, and I don't want to be treated that way because I deserve to be treated with respect. And then Johnny, excuse me, then Bao asks Johnny about a time when he said that he felt like maybe he wasn't ready for marriage. He said that to her, what, a couple of weeks ago? So she was like, well, where are you with that now? And Johnny says that he was ready to get married. But he was ready to start from a br- blank slate. But instead, he got somebody he already knew. And then he says, well, Bao, we knew each other for 15 years, didn't you like think there was a reason why we never dated. (laughs) And then he continues to tell Bao that basically this date that she had been talking about in the uh, first couple episodes about how she had wasn't sure, like they hung out once and she wasn't sure if it was a platonic thing or a romantic thing. So then she suggested that they go to a museum and he basically ghosted her. So I think this is what he's referring to. That it was, in fact, a romantic date and that he just wasn't into her. And that's why she didn't get the second one. How fucking mean are you that you would feel the need to tell her that? Especially after she just said, <laughs> I really need you to respect me more. And I need you to be nicer to me. Why would you say that? That's, it's cruel. It's like genuinely Cruel. There was no reason why you needed to bring that up. This was a conversation about where your relationship could go. And now, also, Johnny, it wasn't her fault that you guys got matched with each other. You know that, right? She didn't force you into marrying her. You didn't know. She didn't know just as much as you didn't. And now he's asking her in a way that almost puts the onus on her of, like, why... You know, like, didn't you think that, that was a, there was a reason why we didn't date all this time? First of all, there are a lot of people who find each other later in life who were friends for years or whatever. Like, that's not that weird, Johnny. And it's just, like, mean for the sake of being mean. And I just, ugh. Like, wh- what is he, what answer does he want from her from that? Like, honestly. <laughs> Truthfully. Um... Also, like, y'all didn't even really know each other like that. Like, you guys went to different colleges. You only knew each other through the group that you guys were the president of in your respective colleges. It's not like y'all really knew each other like that. So anyway, rude, cruel, mean, jerk, 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 He continues to tell Bao that basically he knew after their first date all those years ago that he wasn't attracted to her and that's why she didn't get a second date. (laughs) Unbelievable. (sighs) Let's talk about Marilyn Gill before I get too heated. Um, So, Gill is the first one to sit down with Pastor Cal and he says that he's been feeling good. You know, how are you doing? Feeling good since I got my first kiss and Cal's response is all sucky, sucky, sir. What is this, 1972? Anyway, Gil says that he and merely get along because he's very passionate where she's really loving and caring and they're able to be really honest with one another and he feels like there's nothing that he can't tell her. Pastor Cal is like, that's great that you guys are doing well, but like, I'm here to sow seeds of discord and chaos and negativity. So you guys need to be thinking about decision day and not just the fact that you're happy right now. <laughs> and so he asks Gil, if there are any unanswered questions that he has that might make him say no on decision day. And Gil says that sometimes Mirla gets in these moods and her mood changes and she starts to get a little bit short and he goes so far as to call her a Debbie Downer. Pastor Cal asks if maybe... Mirla's negativity or tantrums um, might be too much for him in the future. And Gil says yes. And that he's basically straight up told her that he's not going to let her negativity affect him. So then pastor Cal asks if he thinks that maybe Mirla has gotten her way in other relationships And I just, look, why does this matter? And also, neither of you guys are going to be able to get down to the bottom of this because y'all don't know her like that. And it's almost getting to the point where, like, did Pastor Cal have a bad relationship with Mirla's aunt or something? It just seems like he has decided that he doesn't like her. And I don't really understand. It's very strange to me. But Gil says that, yeah, he feels like she has gotten her way in past relationships and... That he believes it to be true because she's an alpha. And then Cal says, Yeah, well, she sounds like somebody who would run right over you if given the chance. You'll see what I mean? (laughs) Like, like what? I don't even think he's had a one on one with Mirla. And I kind of wish that they had. He's weird. Anyway, so then we get to Mirla. And Mirla's doing an individual confessional. And the first thing we see of Mirla's scenes is a producer asking her how she's feeling. And it turns out what Mirla is feeling is drunk. (laughs) Because she says that she was a little bit nervous. And then she happened to mosey her way on over to some 25-cent martini bar. And so she's feeling pretty good. She was having a little kiki with her girlfriends. See? 25 cents. She's not... Nothing, not everything she has to do is expensive. That's a a real good deal. Honestly, she drank bottom shelf liquor and she loved it. Look at her. She's having a great time. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. You guys, Mirla is turned. Okay, <laughs> she's supposed to enter the set with her meeting with Doctor Pepper from one angle, but she comes from the other angle because <laughs> she said the walk was too long the other way. Doctor Pepper, like, hears Mirla coming up from her from behind. and was like, oh, <laughs> wasn't expecting to see you back there. And she's haven't she's she's suited, y'all. She's suited. Back in a confessional, Mirala says, another happy day? Happy time, guys. That's great. Need I say more? (laughs) And then she gives a little shimmy and just walks away from the camera. (laughs) So Dr. Pepper says, well, I know that before you got here, you were partying with your friends. And I just feel like, you know, you should probably know that you're not sober yet. So anyway, with less than three weeks before decision day, what other questions do you have that would make you that would lead to you saying yes? As Dr. Pepper's saying this, Mirla's trying so hard not to bust out laughing. <laughs> like, you can just see everything in her face. She's like, girl, this is so silly. <laughs> so Mirla says that her question is about staying in the relationship would actually really be more of a question for Gil as to what she needs to do or what she's not doing enough of because she's trying to stay in this relationship so, no hesitations about Gil whatsoever. She just wants to know what she can do. Then Dr. Pepper says, I notice you're like a little bit critical. And Mirla starts to stammer like she's about to fight it. And then she's like, Well, yeah, I am. <laughs> so, Dr. Pepper warns her that, you know, perhaps her negativity at some point is going to become a hindrance in the relationship. And she asks Mirla if she, uh, you know, feels grateful. And Meryl is like, yeah, I do. I feel really grateful to be in this relationship. We woke up and I was just so happy and I'm happy every day that I get to wake up with him. And it's so amazing and above and beyond what I even expected. And she starts to cry and just like, you know, sometimes you pray for things, but you don't really expect them to happen. And, you know, like I knew I would be happy in marriage, but, you know, I just didn't think that I'd get everything I wanted and more. (laughs) You okay, girl? <laughs> Somebody get her a Fiji water. I know she doesn't eat bread, but if you get her a gluten-free cookie, poor thing. <laughs> um. So Dr. Pepper says, well, great. Like, I love that you said that. But if you don't really work on your negativity, things are going to go south really quickly. Okay, bye. <laughs> you guys, I think that Dr. Pepper might be sober if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I've heard a couple things about Dr. Pepper on the low, about her, how she's not that nice. And I did sense that she was annoyed with the fact that Mirla was not sober. Now, granted, this is a job for her. (laughs) And I could see how you would be annoyed by that. But on the other hand, I don't know. I just have questions. Anyway, after the meeting, Mirla and Gil meet up pretty immediately. And It appears that Mirla is still feeling pretty good about herself, so she tells us in her diary cam that she's really excited to talk to Gil and hear what he talked about with Pastor Cal, and she thinks that Pastor Cal probably suggested that Gil treat her like a princess. Oh, baby. That did not happen. (laughs) So, Gil gets there. Clearly he knows that something's off with Mirla, but he doesn't really make as big of a deal of it as I thought he would. He was just like, you good? <laughs> um, so he says he doesn't really have any questions or well, all he does have questions, but they kind of just go back to Mirla being a Debbie downer a little bit. And he says that the problem for him is that if she wants to act that way, you know, he doesn't love it, but the moment it starts to affect him is what he's not going to like. So that he is basically just like, why are you like this? (laughs) Let me, let's dig deep to figure out why you act like this. So that at least if you act like a Debbie Downer in the future, I can know not to be pissed off because maybe it comes from some sort of trauma or whatever. But she basically says that Mirla is, she, Mirla says that she is, really introverted and that that sort of manifests itself into feeling really uncomfortable and getting needy and even a little bit moody. So Gil asked what he can do in those moments to be a buffer. And she says, just keep doing what you're already doing, which is making me laugh and being affectionate because it takes my mind off of what's going on. And it's a really good distraction. So, Then she says, well, what would be helpful to you when I get in my moods? And he says, well, if you didn't get in them in the first place. (laughs) And then he basically says that Marilyn needs to be more considerate of other people. And when she feels that way, like she's feeling uncomfortable or moody, then she needs to really sit down and reflect and think about whether it's important for her to act that way. And then he suggests that Mirla maybe be more affectionate towards him when she's feeling uncomfortable and she looks him in his eye and she goes, what do you mean? Like more affectionate than I already am. (laughs) And they just both have to laugh at that. I like them. All right, let's move on to Michaela and Zach. So Michaela meets up with pastor Cal. She says that things have been going a lot better, but she clarifies that it's basically been three weeks of bad times and one week of good times so far. So Pastor Cal's like, well, that's fine, but you also have three till until decision day, so it's really not that fine, and you got to make some choices here. So why do you guys think that we match you guys? And Michaela says, we're both goofy, we both like a challenge, we're ambitious, we're strong, and... Pastor Cal asks if she has any unanswered questions. Nikayla says that she's curious about what Zach's image of the marriage was because he's really holding on to this (laughs) and he talks about it a lot. And it seems like he's grading our marriage against this imaginary marriage, this perfect marriage in his mind. So I'm just really curious to know what it looks like for him. And Pastor Cal's like, that's really a great question because a lot of people have a tendency to have an unrealistic idea of what marriage actually is. So then he asked Michaela what she wants. And she says she wants Zach to be happy, but happy on his own, not because of her. She does not want to be the sole source of his happiness. And she also doesn't want his bad vibes rubbing off on her. (laughs) So Pastor Cal basically says that, what you want is unrealistic because you can't be two independently happy people and be happy together. Like that's you two being happy on your own is not a recipe for you guys being a good couple. And he says like with my wife, I know that I'm not responsible for her happiness, but that I contribute to it. And Michaela says she's seen happy Zach and not so happy, Zach. And when Zach is not so happy, she really doesn't know what's going on in his mind. So, Pastor Cal says, he asked her, like, maybe if you have any, any uh, like, curiosity about what it might be to make a safe place for or safe space for the happy Zach to return. Um, and Macla- Michaela's like, well, I want Zach to know how to get back to that. I don't really need the answer. <laughs> So then Pastor Cal's like, okay, but you have to be a participating party because this isn't all about Zach getting to places on his own. So we kind of end on a cliffhanger of Pastor Cal asking Michaela if she wants to be in a happy marriage more than she doesn't want to be in one because he feels like they can have a happy marriage if they want it. Did we all see the previews for next week? Okay, um, so then Zach meets up with Dr. Pepper, and he asks she asks him what he thinks of his marriage so far. And he says that you know they've had to work through some issues to get to where they are today, but where they are is a happy place, and he feels like he's unsure if the good times are a result of them being meant to be or because it's an active choice that he's making for them to have good times and for him to be enthusiastic and optimistic about this Dr. Pepper says that she doesn't believe that things are just meant to be but that people are given opportunities and if you're lucky enough to get this opportunity of the show then you should take it so then Dr. Pepper asks Zach what he would need to say yes on decision day and he just says he just wants to hang out with Michaela go on dates see if they can continue down this good path that they've had for a week and that's all he needs It's all he needs. (laughs) Readers, that would prove to be an an incorrect statement, if you will. Um, Dr. Pepper's like, that's wonderful. It really is. But we've seen some things, and I think that maybe you need to think about how to make Michaela feel secure. And Zach says that that is really important to him because he wants Michaela to be herself and to not tiptoe around worrying about his emotions. Now that remains, let's put this up on the board, probably the top three most mature thing that Zach has said this season. That was pretty insightful. And I'll I'll give him three quarters of a point for that one. So Dr. Pepper gives some advice on how to communicate and suggests that he just not go to the extreme so quickly. And also to ask questions because that's the key to the communication. And Zach says that in hindsight, he doesn't really think that he was that good of doing that and then he starts to cry and uh, he says it's because he's realized that he's a perfectionist and so nothing he ever does in life is good enough and so he puts that on other people including Michaela and that that's not fair to her he keeps crying and he says you know Michaela's a good person but no matter what I do nothing's good enough and that's not fair to her and you know like I just can't have that mindset in this relationship because it's not gonna work Dr. Pepper says you're only going to undermine your happiness and other people's happiness if you're only searching for perfection. Now I'm mocking Zach, not because he's well, because he's crying, not because he's a man who's crying, but because he says something later that directly contradicts this. So I'm like, I'm I'm laughing through his tears because it was some bullshit to me personally. Okay, so after the meeting. Zach and Michaela meet up. He says that he's feeling pretty confident and feeling like they can weather anything. (laughs) So they sit down and chat and they both agree that their meetings were productive. And Zach says, you know, I had another crying moment where, you know, I realized that I'm a perfectionist and that sort of negativity bleeds into our relationship. So it was just kind of like a breakthrough moment for me. In a confessional, he says that in his mind, he knows that, the perfect person does not exist and never will <laughs> but he's going to keep trying anyway <laughs> but then he also says that if he doesn't take this opportunity to change he could be alone for a long time and he doesn't want that so which one are you going to go with Zach the part of your brain that you know is bad and hasn't been serving you at all and or the okay Okay, we'll see. Only time will tell. So Michaela asked a question that she was going to ask with Pastor Cal, which is, Zach, what did and what does marriage look like in your mind? Zach says in his mind, a good marriage is listening to music and making breakfast while the kids are running around. And to him, that's like the ultimate happiness. And, that a marriage to him is somebody who just wants to make him unbelievably happy, and again, we have another man on the show who has watched way too much TGIF, and you were watching Step by Step, Family Matters. I'll take it to a current show that I could be talking about in after tw- nineteen ninety seven. Um, you know, Blackish. You know, why do you? <laughs> Like your your idea of the perfect marriage is a biscuit commercial is what I'm hearing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the, the kids are just running around the kitchen, and oh, maybe one of them knocks over the, a giant glass of milk, and oh, here we go. Get somebody grab daddy, grab the bounty, and everything will be okay. Like, do you see how immature and stupid that sounds? <laughs> Michaela says that her idea of marriage is, you know, romantic and that they're partners and that they're aiming for the same big goal, which is like their marriage and life goals, things that make a lot more sense and are a lot more mature. So Michaela asks what the goals are for their marriage and Zach says to just continue to get to know each other and talk and maybe that'll help them get to where they want (laughs) to be. Michaela's like, you know. I hear you, but I just kind of wish that I could shake whatever this hesitation or guard up that's inside of me. And her mood is very, like, easy breezy, but resigned. Because when Zach asks what he could do to make her feel better, she's kind of like, honestly, I don't really know what you could say. Because I kind of feel like you don't really believe in this relationship and that it's going to work. So, you know, I used to be able to say that our future might look like x or whatever but now i really don't know what our future looks like so um i don't know what you can do my guy good luck <laughs> she's so over him she's like she's talking to him like I, I don't even know like like you're at a wedding and you're stuck next to somebody and like the guy's into you and you're not into him but you're like i'm just gonna entertain this because i'm not about to like go off at this wedding but like I don't care. And I've also had, you know, maybe a couple 25 cent martinis in my system myself. Like I, you know, she's just like, yeah, I'm just going to like fuck around and talk to him. But like, I do not care. And he means nothing to me. (laughs) Speaking of which, let's move on to Brett and Ryan. So Brett meets up with pastor Cal and she says, when he asks her how she's doing, that there's a lot that's been happening and it hasn't been easy. Um, the pastor Calla asks if there's anything at all that could happen in terms of Ryan changing his behavior that would possibly motivate her to say yes on decision day. And Brett's like, "Mm, there's definitely a very small possibility of that. (laughs) Definitely a little. And that if Ryan was maybe more willing or open, then she would be totally fine with keep trying. And, Brett says that she just misses those first few days on their honeymoon because they were so good. But now she's kind of shifted into wondering if Ryan can even be the kind of person to give her what she needs. And Pastor Cal says that typically when couples get to that point, you got to make some tough decisions. And he asks if Brett has had those conversations with Ryan and she says no. So he tells Brett to ask Ryan, kind of like what Michaela had to do with Zach, to ask what he thought he was looking for in a wife. And at what point did he give up on the marriage? Brett says, oh, I think he gave up a long time ago. And Pastor Cal's like, well, you might be surprised. (laughs) So she won't be surprised, Cal, but, you know, move on. Um, So he pretty much tells her that she may as well just ask the tough questions because she's got nothing to lose, which, you know, probably the most honest thing that Pastor Cal said all, all episode. I will give him that. Just do it, girl. I mean, you have to stay in this marriage <laughs> until decision day, unless you want to pay some fines. So, you know, blow the whole shit up. You know, it's not going to go well. Might as well get your answers. So, before starting his conversation with Doctor Pepper, Ryan already predicts that this is going to. Be, there are going to be some critiques on how he's been handling this whole situation, and that he needs to be as honest with. Brett, as he has been with himself. So when he sits down with Dr. Pepper, she asks him when things went left for him. And he says that the point for him was when Dr. Viviana came over to have their talk. He says that up until that point, he was still willing to try, or after that point, he was still willing to try, but he also felt like he couldn't ignore every instinct within him that told him that this wasn't going to (laughs) work. he talks about her like he's been jumped, like somebody pushed him out of a plane. And like, his body's just saying, no, 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 this is against every instinct that I have, but I'm still gonna try and have a good attitude about it. And I I just feel really sad for Brett, because it's just... (sighs) You can only go for so long with doing this, like, I'm not gonna tell somebody the truth because I don't want to be mean shit. And that should only last about a week. At some point, you know, say what you mean, but don't say it mean. Dr. Pepper asks if Ryan's really tried to do anything to fix those situations or address them at all. And he's like, no, basically, you know, I'm just like a wimp who feels like every conversation that we need to have is going to be bad, so I don't want to have them. Mature. So Dr. Pepper says, I'm going to stop you right there. It kind of seems like you have a pattern of, checking off these mental notes of negative things that you f- find out about Brett, but you don't tell her any of them. And nobody was selected to be on the show because they're mind readers. And then what does she say? Exactly what I've been saying about we- for weeks, which is that you c- if you cannot figure out a way to communicate how you feel without being cruel, then you should figure out a way to say it that's constructive. She continues to call him out and says that... Ryan seems to be viewing this situation as them being two individual people. And she doesn't even think that they know each other at all at this point, because she doesn't think that Ryan's ever really tried to get to know Brett. Ryan promises to put more effort into it. And Dr. Pepper says, well, we'll see about that. (laughs) So when Brett and Ryan get together, Ryan admits that he was called to task over some things and, you know, his effort or lack thereof. And, how he basically avoids saying things that he knows that Brett's not going to want to hear. And Brett says that it's not good for her to not hear those things. And she doesn't want to be a source of stress for Ryan. And Ryan is like, well, did Pastor Cal give you anything to talk to him about? And she starts to hesitate. So the question that she was supposed to ask is, you know, what did your marriage look like? And when did you, fall out or when did you check out of the relationship and she says well it was mostly just focused on me and how disconnected i feel so ryan says that the disconnect is going to continue if they don't continue to talk through things and that he needs brett to start calling him out on his shit (laughs) why don't you just call yourself out like (laughs) like I mean, Brett clearly isn't being that honest either, because in this moment, she's not asking the questions that she told Pastor Cal that she was going to ask him. But also, you can't say, like, oh, you need to call me out on stuff. You still haven't said anything. So you're really no better than she is. Brett says she just needs to know either way if he wants to continue. And in a confessional, she says there's still hope, but it's pretty low. So she tells Ryan that he basically just has to be honest. So they're kind of at this like stalemate with one another where they just don't want to be the one to start this conversation. And unfortunately, because I think she doesn't, does he needs to be the one to start it, but I think Brett's going to be the one to let it all out. All right. Our last couple, Jose and Rachel, who honestly totally forgot about them. (laughs) until they came on screen now i'm not gonna make jokes about jose's height but i just will say that i noticed when he met up with dr pepper that the difference there just wasn't much of a difference but we'll move on okay I'm just thrilled that he's not wearing his class ring again. Like, that was really nice to me. Um, Of course, Jose says that everything's great, that they're growing, they communicate well, they're this great team, and he starts this spiel about how he went into this relationship looking to provide for his wife, and even though he did also ask for an independent woman. So he says that his problem is trying to find a balance and trying to... Give, but not give too much in a way that is offensive and in a way that doesn't come off as controlling. You guys, I absolutely screamed when Dr. Pepper says, Well, the fact is that I think you personally do have a tendency to be controlling (laughs) because you seem to think that there's a right way and that you're the one who does it right, and maybe it was serving you extremely well when you were single, but Uh, Rachel's going to have some opinions in this relationship, too. So you need to take that seriously and respect that and see the world as your partner would see it through their eyes, as opposed to how you see it and how you've all figured it out. (laughs) Now, listen, she was not wrong, but kind of like Pastor Cal with Miral, I'm like, damn, this feels personal. I mean, listen, you're not wrong, but it does feel pointed. So, Jose has no response. He basically just, like, okay, well, that was the first question. My second question is that there were a few days where there were a bunch of fireworks going off, as he puts it. And I guess he means the firework of him locking the deadbolt and then the fireworks of him telling her to get the fuck out of the apartment. Every clap was a firework. Is that what you mean? That was a great display. And then. He says that he's not happy with the way he handled those things, but he's afraid that when the going gets tough, Rachel has a tendency to bounce. (laughs) So Jose's trying to frame this in a way that makes him seem like the victim. Like, yeah, he'll acknowledge the fact that he didn't handle things very well, but, you know, she said she was leaving, so I just feel like I'm constantly nervous about her being one foot out the door. And it's like, well, baby, let's think about why she left. She only said she was leaving after you locked her out of the home at one o'clock in the morning. Why, why is nobody, why do I have to explain this? You know? (laughs) So anyway, Dr. Pepper continues to call him out on this and was like, Hey, you need to just ask these questions about what you can do, what you can do to improve this relationship so that she doesn't want to leave. And so that she can start to trust you because trust isn't built in one day. And then she reminds him, hey, I've seen your anger and that's not the way that you're going to build trust. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. <laughs> so Pastor Cal asks Rachel how committed they are and she says that she knows that Jose was the man for her because he's everything that she asked for plus more exactly what Mirala said but then she very quickly says that what she needs from the relationship is more communication because she feels like Jose doesn't really express what he needs out of the relationship so she feels like she's kind of wandering around aimlessly just hoping that she's hitting the targets of what he needs. then she says that her second question is about the great lockout of 2021. And that she needs to tell, tell Jose, she's like, he said it was an accident and I'm choosing to accept that. But he also needs to know that whether it was an accident or not, at the end of the day, he ended up locking me out and that I've seen sides of him now that are vindictive. So pastor Cal says that they need to talk about, what can be done so that there isn't another circumstance that he feels the need to shut her out. Pastor Cal, do you know what happened leading up to this? Is that she accidentally said the name Johnny? Why are we framing this as they need to talk about what can be done so that there isn't another circumstance in which she gets shut out? Wild. Um, So then Pastor Cal, I felt, got a little bit sassy and was just like, oh, for the record, this isn't going to be your last argument. And it's like, duh, bitch. (laughs) Obviously. Um, And Rachel's like, I know. But, you know, if he does anything like that again, this is not what I signed up for. So after they talk to the experts, but before they're about to meet up with each other, Rachel says in her diary cam that she wants to dig deep on whatever Jose's triggers might be whatever they were that led him to locking her ass out of the apartment. Jose says that his concern is about her leaving. And Rachel's like, you know, that is a valid concern because in the past I have had a, t- a tendency to bounce when the going got tough. But the argument that we had actually led me to believe that I am no longer single Rachel and I want to stay in this relationship. So I want to work on things and I need to know what triggered you into being so vindictive towards me. So Jose says that he just needs time to cool off, but then he blames his parents divorce and how he didn't know or see growing up a good relationship. So he's basically working under the assumption that whatever he is instinctually led to do, that he needs to be doing the exact opposite of that. (laughs) of of what he was exposed to. So Rachel says that Jose has her trust and that she wants to be his wife no matter what. Good luck. Good luck on that. So then the couples all meet up for a volleyball game. Uh, but Gil, when Gil and Mirla walk up, they make sure to mention Johnny's here, but Bao isn't. And I guess that's the statement. But then... <laughs> We see the bow arrives in a full on red and white cheerleading costume to cheer on the rest of the team. Johnny comes up and hugs her. And in a confessional bow says, I don't know if it's a costume or if Johnny's changed his mind and decided to be affectionate with me in public. I'm I'm pretty sure it's a costume. I love the music that they chose <laughs> for this volley game. It was like a full corny eighties Miami vice Babes and coconut tanning oil on the beach, just like sun in in their hair. It was so funny to me. So then the group splits up into threes, and it's not by couples. It was like there were two mixed. Cu- there were two couples together, and then three wives and three husbands. So Brett is at a table with Michaela and Bow. And Ryan's at a different table with, like, I can't remember who, but he tells everybody at his table that he was a little bit freaked out because he thought he was going to get to see Pastor Cal again, but he ended up getting Dr. Pepper, who he says that he's a little bit scared of. So... um Then he, Brett tells Mirla and Bao that Pastor Cal was kind of pissed on her behalf because Ryan hasn't been giving her a fair chance. And Brett says that he said what he wanted to, which is that he wanted to try, but then he also feels like he's, that they're kind of like in this weird limbo place. Bao says that she's seeing a lot of similarities in her relationship with Johnny, with Brett and Ryan, but the difference is that Johnny's mean. <laughs> and then she says that the, the only thing that Johnny really said was that Dr. Pepper told him to n- not make definitive, negative statements. But then as soon as he saw her, that's exactly what he did. And she tells them about how defensive he got and how weird he is. Meanwhile, Johnny's telling Gil and Zach that their arguments are basically them pointing fingers at each other, calling each other liars. And then Gil says at the end of the day you need to do what's best for you johnny says that he gets little glimpses of joy in his relationship when they plan dates or whatever the bachelor shit but the day-to-day stuff he feels nothing (laughs) brett says that she feels like in her mind it's pretty clear that some of the people are in this thinking that this is a real marriage and some of them are not feeling that way So then later that night, we see some B-roll of the apartments while we hear Zach and Michaela kind of bickering about sharing a bedroom or not sharing a bedroom. So then we see Zach filming in his diary cam in the apartment and says, hey, like once we got back from our day, my wife says that she doesn't want to sleep in the same bedroom for me. So Michaela, do you want to come over here and explain? And she's just like, yeah, no problem. And she comes up to the camera and says, well, after the volleyball game, we had a conversation about what our answers would be if this today was decision day. And we both said no. So I just figured if that's both of our answers, then we don't need to share a bedroom anymore. (laughs) So Zach tries to act like he's hurt. But then Michaela clarifies by saying, no, you are the one who asked the question of what your answer would be on decision day You were the one who answered first. You said no. And I said no. So (laughs) why are you acting like you're upset? Zach tries to turn things around by saying that she changes her mind every day. And she's like, well, what's wrong with that? Like, I don't have the forecast. I'm giving myself the opportunity to change my mind every day if I want to. Zach says that he doesn't understand why they can't share a bedroom because it hurts and things have been going great so why are they switching it up now and Michaela says well if things are going so great then why would we both say no if today was decision day (laughs) fair question (laughs) so he tries to say that he told the guys earlier at volleyball that his answer was actually I don't know and she's like that's great you can tell those guys whatever you want but you told me no So then Zach continues to get frustrated and he turns off his diary cam. So then Michaela turns on her diary cam and she says, so to clarify, he asked or, you know, pressed me about what my answer would be today. And I said, no, but on decision day, I'm still unsure. So she's saying today's a no, but two weeks from now on the actual decision day, I don't know. I have an, I don't know for that. So then the camera turns off again. And then we see a screen that says 30 minutes later. And Michaela's back on her diary cam. And she said, I tried to ask Zach if we were good. And he's literally ignoring me. Like, he won't speak to me right now. <laughs> so then we see Zach in his diary cam saying that he's just going to go home because he doesn't feel like he should have to be here if he doesn't want to. You'll see what I mean? The shit is an optional. So, Brett meets up with Ryan's sister, Robot. I'm not going to say her name because it's the name of a famous uh, voice-activated system, right? So, (laughs) Sister Robot is what I'm calling her. Robot says that she's hurt a little bit. And in a confessional, Brett says... She's really been wanting to talk to Robot for a long time because Ryan obviously struggles with communication. They're very close with one another, so she figures that's the best bet. Um, Brett starts off by saying that there's the elephant in the room that she is not Ryan's type physically. But then she says, but he's not really my type either. And yeah, if you guys look at us, there are probably a lot of differences, but we need to at least talk to each other to try to figure out what the similarities are. So then Robot says that Ryan is an introvert, and so she can kind of tap into that, because she is too, and that when he's put on the spot, he has a tendency to walk away. So Brett says that she feels like Ryan's not interested at all, and Robot is very confused, and is like, well, when did things change for you? And this was a very pointed question. She's like, well, when did things change for you? Because... On the wedding, you guys seem so happy. On the honeymoon, you seem so happy. I was getting FaceTimes from you guys and everything seemed fine. So, when do you think things turned? And Brett says, I feel like it was when he got back to Houston. And so, Robot says, Hmm, I'm a little bit worried about that timeline and his changing his mind when he got back home. And I'm just wondering if maybe there's something in the past that he's focused on. Or that maybe there's somebody else on his mind from the past. (laughs) And then Robot says, you know, I just have this feeling that there must be somebody out there that's distracting him. Because I don't understand why you guys are not still in that honeymoon phase. Now, if you were close with your brother and you had had a conversation with him about how he's feeling and then you have a conversation with his new wife would you bring up the fact that maybe there's another woman on the horizon or in his past that he's still focused on that just felt very strange to me (laughs) okay i mean mm, it just felt very strange but anyway Then we see our final scene, which is Zach having a group chat with his brothers. And we find out that Michaela was supposed to join them on the group chat, but she went MIA, didn't tell anybody. They don't know what's going on. So Zach starts to talk about how there have been ups and downs recently, and then he gets into the conversation about Decision Day. Sorry, you guys. I'm with a dog who is having a... Great time just going ham on this toy, and I'm sure you can hear it. My bad. He's, I think, I think he might be done. Okay, so, (laughs) um, you don't have to side on me. I'm, I I am talking about you. Okay, anyway, so Zach talks about the decision day conversation that he had with Michaela, but he was being pretty evasive and acted like, you know, when she said that she didn't want to share a bedroom he was like oh yeah cool no problem that was not your reaction sir but okay and that he just decided he was gonna go home because if he wasn't going to be in his bed with his wife he at least wanted to be in a nice bed so he left and one of his brothers is like well, yeah well she probably didn't want you to leave and Zach's like well she should have communicated that then So then after he left, he says that Mikayla texted him an hour later. And the message goes as follows. Hey, since you left the apartment, which is not at all what I wanted after I requested we separate beds, I'm going to go ahead and move out fully tomorrow morning. We can't stop this back and forth. We're just hurting each other. For the couple's retreat, we can figure out accommodations when we get more details on the location. This does not have to be a drama filled We can honestly have a very good next couple weeks without causing any anxiety for each other. Also, I locked the deadbolt. So if I don't hear you, knock. Just call me. (laughs) So it turns out that Michaela did, in fact, fully move out and she took the seasonings with her. And at that point, Zach's brothers turn on her and we're like, oh, that's annoying. I don't, I don't like that at all. That is rude. It's beyond rude. It's disrespectful. And, you know, Zach says that he's just been trying as hard as he could and that he feels like Zach or that Michaela's not meeting him halfway. Zach says that he knows he's not perfect and he could be doing things better, but he's been trying and he's never put this much effort into anything ever in his life. But you just called yourself a perfectionist to the point where it affects other aspects of your life because you're seeking perfection and you always want to be the best. But you've just said that you've never tried harder than anything. OK, um, so Zach says he doesn't know what's going to happen because this was the exact sort of reaction that he's not comfortable with. And he says that. Talking about the situation, even in that moment, was making him feel bad. So he's just going to start talking, start doing things that make him feel happy. So he hangs up with his brothers. He tries to call Michaela. She doesn't answer. And that's the end of this episode. So next week, it seems like they will be going off on their last retreat before Decision Day. And fireworks. Woo! Drama. And I can't wait. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Bye.